Welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature-centered paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms, through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Good evening, good morning, good night, good second breakfast, whenever you are, wherever you are. My name is Laura Gonzalez, and I welcome you to Lunatic Mondays on CSMP, the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. Tonight, we have a guest that hasn't been here in a long time, but I'm very, very happy to see her back. Her name is Jamie Della. She is a priestess, healer, Chicana witch, and creativity mentor. She is the author of nine books, including most recently, The Book of Spells, The Magic of Witchcraft. You can learn more about her work at jamiedella.com. That is J-A-M-I-E-D-E-L-L-A.com. And I can believe I was able to spell that so precisely. Spell <laughs> it as the devil, I'm telling you. Hi, Jamie. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hi, Laura. I'm good. Thank you for having me back. It's been four years. We just realized and need to come back more often. I, I love chatting with you. I, I know. We have to fix that because we cannot see each other only every four years. <laughs> and um, it is ridiculous how time has gone so fast. Of course, we all have pandemic break, brain, right? Like It's like from 20 to 23 didn't happen. And then suddenly it's been five years, four years. But um, you're here today and you're here with a new book and we're going to be talking about all this beautiful book. And what people don't know is before we started recording, what I told Jamie is like, you're so blessed. You're, mm -hmm. you're so very blessed. This book, uh, A Box of Magic, uh, you share with us this beautiful story of, well, we get into that. But um, what I was going to ask you is, um, where in the world are you? So where okay. you're located, because so people that might not have cut the interview four years ago. <laughs> and, and also how you become a wish, how you start okay. in this path. Okay, I live in the eastern Sierras of California uh, by a resort called Mammoth Mountain, a ski resort, and Yosemite National Park. So I'm... I'm the witch of the mountains. I'm I'm in the rural mountains right now. I grew up in Orange County where my family had lived since the 1700s. So it's a, a new thing to be in a land where you don't have so much DNA memory and parapsychology coursing through your blood all the time. I became a witch growing up on the land. My family had lived for over 10 generations, waking up because my grandmother, my mother's mother, died the month before I was born. So that world to the spirits, to communication, to connectivity, to knowing that there is no such thing as death in the sense that we look at it. And also growing up with another Nana who was a psychic tarot reader who told me about soul families and portals and how to read energy and how to protect yourself. And then being raised Christian scientist, knowing that I am a divine child of a creative source that connects all of us, that is neither male nor female, that rises above all of that, and that I can heal myself, my body, my mind, my emotions with my thoughts. So for me, that was the beginning of mental magic. And you put all that together, being a tree-hugging dirt worshiper, and you get witch, a woman in total control of herself. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> that is beautiful and it's also beautiful like you were saying you know and uh i don't know exactly what your uh ancestry is mine is like i'm mexica i'm indigenous from mexico and that what you said is poetry you know death does not exist because our relationship with our ancestors never end and yeah. we have that connection that is a mixture of yes loss and sadness and sorrow but also you make these connections with ancestors that you probably have never met physically. Physically. <laughs> they used to come visit me a lot. <laughs> you know, I have I have an aunt, and I have never said this publicly. She must be around. My father was a New Ager. When being a New Ager was new, I say this quite often, and it's funny, and people ask me, what is, even I have younger people, Jamie, 
people in their 20s asking me what is a new ager and i'm like what so i guess it's falling off of so i have to explain to this person like you know manifesting oh yeah oh yeah 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 exactly and, uh, but I told collective you, consciousness they're like oh yeah yeah we had to introduce that to the co- <laughs> to people. when it was new and my mom and dad you know they separated they split it when I was young but my dad taught us a lot of things and I have only met one of my aunts my mm-hmm. aunt Obdulia and I don't think we even spoke to each other I remember being on a pool and she was sitting on a chair her legs crossed and she was looking at me and her hair was wild like mine <laughs> and she was looking at me and I was looking at her and I know that she was a witch mm. and I know that she whispers mm-hmm. I know that's her and because my dad was new agey but I know uh-huh. that my aunt was a witch like a yeah. full fledged witch and we never spoke not once we crossed any words and I wow. know she walks with me yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you. I feel it because I have this grandmother who we, when I was eight years old, we moved to the same hill that my ancestors had created or built the first adobe. So my matriarchal line, my mother's 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 is indigenous to Jalisco. Mm-hmm. so that's where my line. So this is my, my Hispanic. I'm the first to pass for white mm-hmm. and I never saw myself that way. I always saw myself the brown of my my mother and my 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 aunt and my my grandfather but I so this grandmother has been speaking to me and that's going to actually be my next book is a a paranormal paranormal historical fiction beginning with the the last daughter of the California dons against the American president Polk the manifest destiny so using all that information that they spoke through me when we, when they moved to this hill that had been there you know they built this adobe in 1806 and i'm living there in 1975 and i can hear them and and just recently through ancestry.com a fourth cousin has all these pictures so now i have faces to go with the voices and you know when you start hearing things as a young child that's not comfortable right you have to fight for the normalcy of that Mm-hmm. And and the okayness of hearing your ancestors and following the popcorn trail, you know, to some, I don't know, like, you know, in Orange County, California is where I grew up is where these ancestors are from. And they've led me to caves and to secret river, you know, pools in different places just by following my instinct and listening to them. Yeah. So when you grow up with that everywhere, I don't know how my sisters aren't witches. It blows my mind. <laughs> No, I have I have a sister who is uh, Christian something or another. I can't remember what the nomination in Mexico, you know, because all mm-hmm. my family are in, in Mexico City, and my sister is Christian, and I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, because we're, we grew up Catholic, you uh-huh. know, every other Mexican family, you're Catholic. right, mostly Catholic by tradition than by faith or devotion. Isn't that interesting? It becomes the culture. It is part of the culture because the Catholicism in Mexico is, I always make this horrible joke and I always tell people like, you can laugh at the joke, but you cannot make the joke if you're not Mexican. Uh, Mexico is the most Catholic, Mexico is the most pagan country on the planet. Don't Don't tell the Mexicans they think they're Catholic. I know. And and the point is that the Catholicism in Mexico is so infused with indigenous traditions, native traditions, even the northern native uh, influx that came on the 60s, 70s with the Lakota and the yeah. Sundance and all that that went down uh, to, to central Mexico, to Mesoamerica. And we still think that we're Catholic and it's like, okay. That's fine, you know, and, and yeah. some of us have like walked so far away from that. And but the magic is there. And and the yeah. magic is so deep that speci- specifically this um I don't know if it is psychic communication, mm-hmm. telepathic communication, you know, um, amongst people with the disease, with nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I 
I grew up thinking that everybody talked to their food and everybody <laughs> talked to their plants. And, and when people, when I hear um, witches and pagans here in the United States, I'm in the Midwest, I'm in Chicago. Right. And when I hear people talking about like, oh, you know, they say you're supposed to talk to your plants. And I'm like, you don't? Like, <laughs> exactly and and then you need something like you know the books the secret life of plants or to bring back club um the the uh experiment where they were hacking at plants and they could pick up the vibration of the plants i think that's the whole thing is people think that we that they can't be psychic but it's you're just reading vibrational energy and if you walk into a room and you feel like people were just either having sex or fighting you could pick it up yep so then you can speak the language, yeah. but then I feel like it's, it's propaganda and it's taking certain words and making it so that you can't claim it anymore. Yeah. I have a new mentorship program and a, a woman, maybe in her fifties, um, Mexican American and had a hard time claiming the word psychic because it's just so loaded for her. Yeah. You know, with being a charlatan, with being someone who's like on TV, just trying to take your money or someone who doesn't know things. And, and it's so funny to me because people would go to a psychic or a tarot reader and they want you to guess what you want. It's like, is that like going to a hairdresser and going, go for it? Right. <laughs> and then make it up. You're bold, you're bold and you're like, well, you say go for it. No, I have told people a million times, Jamie, like I cannot tell you anything that you don't know. I'm just going to tell you what you know that is scrambled on your mind. I'm going to ground it and I'm going to frame it for you so that you can, you know, but what I'm doing is I'm just giving you back the information that you have given me. And, and it's exactly that is reading the energy, you know, and people, then there is this connotation of, well, how are you reading my energy? Is it my body language? Yes. (laughs) language is your energy is what you're telling me and when people are trying to be all stoic and not give us energy like we can read more than you think and and it's so funny that i give him the reading and then when i finish the reading when i seal the the session when Mm -hmm. they pay me after they pay me then they relax and then they want to start telling me about their story and i'm like sorry your time is up <laughs> like I, I know. Like you don't need to tell me now. You should have told me when we were in the session. Right. Uh, but yeah, there are there are so many. Um thank you. <laughs> say thank you, Tripna. Thank you, uh Zilla Christianity, because that's yeah. that's where all this uh and then it's interesting to me because for me, I, like I said, I was raised Christian science. So you study the Christ, the Christ's life, but it's like you're studying your brother, not somebody who's so far away from you, just somebody who saw themselves as the divine. And because they saw themselves so clearly, that's how they created the miracles. Yeah. And, and so when Christ said, you'll do this and more, it just meant having the Christ consciousness, the ability to see yourself as a reflection of the divine. And therefore, so is everybody else. Yeah. And I feel like that was the missing part. And that's the thing that Wicca and witchcraft really are bringing forward is this idea that you can create your expression of the divine. That's actually what we're supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. And and to be here being our version of the divine and recognizing that everyone gets to do that. And their and if their their version of the divine is by being stoic or withholding that's what they're going to get back yeah because if you plant tomatoes you're going to get tomatoes you're not going to get carrots <laughs> it's that simple and i love uh, uh before we started the recording you were talking about uh being seven year old and telling the spirits of the ancestors hey i'm getting ready to go to bed f off yeah and people don't realize or they will question, you know, is that simple? Yes. Yes. Well, I think that, please. it's the believability because you can say it, but if you don't believe it, it might not happen. But my Nana, who was a psychic to our reader, she would say, your porch light is on. The spirit world can see that you're, that you listen. They can receive, reveal your receptivity. 
And so they're going to come and they have no consciousness of time. We live in the third dimension. The fourth dimension is time and space. And the fifth dimension is where they are. So they don't know that time and space in the same way we do. So they will, you know, maybe violate those rules for ourselves without realizing what they're doing. And so because we are in this third dimensional reality, having the mundane experience, my Nana said to me, you are sovereign here. You are the king and queen in this realm. So when a visitor from another realm comes, you have the authority to tell them to leave. That's what I needed to hear. I didn't think I had the authority. You know, kind of like just people learning to have the authority over their own identity versus letting a parent choose for them or a partner choose for them. Learning that you have the authority to choose who you want to be in this world. That same authority extends to spirits who come to visit you when it's midnight and you need to sleep because there's a little test tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever and, it is. And the other thing that I find that is very... uh and I would say it's detriment to our practice as witches, as women of power, people of power, is um, to somatize everything, you know, like, oh, well, if you have a cold, it's because you haven't cried, or if you twist your ankle, it's because you don't want to walk, or like, uh, no, sometimes yeah. I have a cold because it's minus 30 in Chicago, and, right. and it's just, you get the sniffles, you know, like, yeah. to discern where yes it could be a divine message and no it's just a cold like this business with my hands that i have had since august uh-huh the tenosynovitis and the inability to move and this was clearly the goddess holding my hands as in you know when your children were young jamie and they were mm -hmm. doing something that they could harm themselves yeah. And you needed to stop them and you needed to go right. and tell them, stop. Right, right. It was, right. It's, it's like that, you know, it's like, stop. You're, mm -hmm. you're putting energy where you're not supposed to put energy. And then some other very well-intended witches, you know, have told me like, oh, maybe somebody did something to you. And I'm like, they couldn't. <laughs> There's no authority. Right. Over my physical right. body, only my authority. Yes. And in this case, yes. the only one that can hold me is the goddess. Yes. And it was a very, very clear message, you know. I guess we have um Jamie being being Latina, being Latina, Hispanic, Spanish, Latina, indigenous, <laughs> freaking label of the week is. We have this uh label of the week. <laughs> we have this ability to connect with this subtle worlds because it comes from our culture, right? It's part of our culture. Absolutely. I feel like it's you know, that's why when I wrote my first book, which was the the Wicca cookbook and two thousand, the book that sat on my desk was like water for chocolate. Because I felt and for anyone who doesn't know, it's a magical realism book. It really addresses the mother daughter wound and the ability to affect your food in particular with your intention that that is another ingredient if you're happy if you're sad if you're full of love if you're if you're pissed off and resentful and you're cooking for a bunch of people it's not gonna taste good but if you're if you're abuelita and you're making with love all the time it doesn't matter what you're making it's going to taste good because you're going to feel the love in that. And that's another way to read vibration. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so that, yeah. Talk to your food, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I'm chopping a carrot or something and something runs out and I'm like, I'm going to eat you anyway. Exactly. Well, what I try to do, especially, you know, try to stop what is especially with the herbs because herbs are really I love the herbs as well as the carrots but those are have I mean they all have met medicine for us right yes. so when we're cooking with something that we can see what it looks like watch it in the ground thanking the farmer thanking the transport driver just having a moment to see the plant reaching for the sun and waving in the wind it's life force because that's what you're taking in is the life force one of the best blessings, pagan blessing that I learned, and whenever my friends ask me to 
to say the blessing on the table um, speaks to that, you know, from the sun to the soil, to the seed, to the seedling, to the plant, to the farm, to the harvest, to the packing, to the shipping, to the store, to the kitchen, to the pot, to the plate, to my body. Oh, that's beautiful. And, and I love that. Thank you. And you recognize that it comes from the sun. And I will say this until I'm blown in the face because the sun <laughs> is the sun, the baby. Uh-huh. S-U-N-S-O-N. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it only works in English, unfortunately. But anyway, um, <laughs> we, can, uh, we can chat for hours, you and I. But I really want you... First of all, I want to say, Jamie, from my heart, congratulations, man. Your journey with this wonderful mentor. Not everybody is lucky. Not everybody is blessed that way. And I know you know, but I want to remind you, thank you. Thank you for having that journey with this mentor. And thank you for sharing your journey with us because some of us don't have this blessing a book of magic is a wonderful love letter to that healed relationship between the the magical mother and the magical daughter and then all of us siblings daughters nieces nephews of this story that you have shared now because you realize that now the family is going to grow exponentially right? <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so it's already happening uh, tell us a little bit about this new Newish book is still a toddler, still an infant. Yeah. It came out in September. Um, but it's your newest book, Jamie Della, A Box of Magic. A guided journey to crafting a magical life through witchcraft, ritual herbalism, and spell crafting. Uh, I know it's silly because I read the book, but not everybody has. <laughs> the next question, what inspired this book, Jamie? <laughs> well, I will tell you, Laura. <laughs> I like to say Laura, not Laura, but I start to. In any case, um, in the middle of the, at the very beginning of the pandemic, um, my mentor, my mentor, Connie DeMasters, her daughter uh, messaged me on Facebook and asked me if I wanted to receive her mother's collection of material of magical curricula. And it was really exciting because I need to back to just a second. So I was at a book signing event for the book of spells, which is a book that came out in 2019. And while I was there, I went and got a, a tarot reading because that's fun to do. And while I was there getting the reading, the gentleman said, wow, there, there's a woman here who wants to talk to you. And he just starts describing my mentor. She's got, she's a bigger woman. She has cat-like eyes and, oh, she's laughing. And I said, oh, that's Connie. She says, he says, please, Connie says she wants you to get a picture of her and put it in a frame and take her on your next book signing tour. So I said, okay. So I reached out on Facebook. Connie's daughter, Alexa, reached out to me, gave me a picture a couple months later. The pandemic hits. She's cleaning up. She says, oh, would you like my mom's curricula? I didn't realize she asked all of the family members, her personal family, but the, all the magical family members, all the, the real key players from the Eye of the Cat shop in Long Beach, whose curriculum this was based on, the studies that I had learned in 1988 when I first started taking my witchcraft classes, this was always that was in there in there too, because Connie was also taking classes at the same time. I left, I became a mother, I started living the craft through the wheel of the year. Connie went up the ranks. Connie kept going. Connie kept learning till she became an elder high priestess. And I had this collection of material that showed up on my door in May of 2020, 23 pounds of material, of pieces of paper. So I went through all these pieces of paper. I didn't know what to do. It was like being given a legacy without a direction, being given a job without the steps. And so I sat with it because I've learned after 30 years of doing this magical life that you have to listen for the answers to the questions you didn't know to ask. And the longer you're silent and the more you 
wait for the information to bubble up versus searching for it frantically that you've broken all your nails off your hands or bleeding. One day, Connie said to me, tell them about us. And I went, oh my God, of course. My goddess, of course. I decided it was, to me, it's a combination. And this is like, you know, trying to tell a a 20 year, 20 year old about a rotary phone or a map or, you know, some of the other things, but (laughs) new age, exactly. That I, I knew, um, that I wanted to tell this story in a way that was like Tuesdays with Maury meets beaches meets like water for chocolate. So it was basically sitting at your mentor's knee that's what I did. I went to her and cause you can memorize the correspondences all day long. You can say seven is the chariot. Kali is the goddess of death and destruction and rebirth. You know, you could roses for calling your ancestors. You could do all those things and memorize it just like you would at school and take the test and do all the things, but you have to learn to apply it. Yep. And at the end of my Saturn's return, I didn't know how to apply the magic. I knew how to put together a spell book, like a recipe book, a cookbook. And, and, you know, bringing in the life force of, of how we live, but applying it every day when push comes to shove, how do you deal with a broken marriage? How do you deal with being a parent? How do you deal with all these things? Being able to sit down and ask somebody directly. And that's what I did for three years. That's what I wanted to give everybody. So it's a weaving, it's a narrative, it's a brand, a blade, blah, 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 <laughs> a braided book. It's a braided book of narration, memoir, and then ritual. And it's all based on Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. So start, starting with a call to adventure, adding your allies, facing your, finding out who your demon is by looking at your shadow. What are the stories you tell yourself? For me, it was that I was fighting with my mom and I couldn't figure out how I could be a devotee of the goddess and have mommy issues in my thirties. It made no sense to me. It felt very incongruous and out of my Capricorn integrity. And that's what I laid at the feet of my mentor. Help me turn this garbage into compost, into a seed, a seedling, a plant. Yeah, yeah. And one of the most important things people don't understand is like, you you don't get rid of it by sweeping it under the rug. No. Because the next thing you know is you're going to have a mountain with a rug on top of it. Right. Or, or rather to, to learn to put it on the cauldron of transformation and make it into manure. Mm-hmm. Right. To then go enrich the soil. And uh, my dear friend, mentor, colleague, and brother and goddess, Christine Ortiz, so often says, uh, you give the goddess manure and she give you back pretty flowers. Yes. Because she is a cauldron. She is a transformation. Yes. But, but from hearing the phrases that we memorized, <laughs> to actually put your fingers in the soil mm-hmm. and feeling the warmth and feeling the, and crying. And crying. Crying. Because those, those, that was one of the things I, I, I heard a, a, a meme that my auntie sent me a couple of days ago. Something to, may the tears of 2023 water the plants of 2024. So those tears are water is again, life is oxygen is, is hydrogen. It's all the beautiful things that we need are water. It's our life. And so, yeah. yeah, that was giving life to this and allowing her legacy to live on. And then just recently my, um, I, I got the calling that I needed to become a mentor. I needed to give back. And, you know, I was able to sit at Connie's knee for a maple nut scone and a caramel macchiato. So I'm like, how, how do I reach more people and, and, and get paid more than a maple nut scone and a caramel macchiato? But again, fighting with something that comes from new age, something that comes um, from the ages was that the more spiritual you are, the poorer you should be. That is bullshit. Totally. But that is also a, a, a remainder of being part of that new age movement and part of pushing consciousness forward. It's kind of like this little side plate of poison we got, you know, that, and, and learning to let the goddess again, transform that into something that feels reasonable because I'm always going to 
because of, I do believe because of my Mexican humbleness and that heritage, I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm never going to want to charge, you know, $5,000 an hour, $500 an hour. That's, that's more than what people can pay. Exactly. And, and yet finding a way, because I'm not a breatharian yet, you know, I still, I still need to eat and, and drink and have a roof over my head and where it might not be 30 degrees below zero. I think it's probably just two degrees out there. So it's, it's, you have to protect yourself and, and sustain yourself to continue with the message and finding that balance. I feel like that is not a challenge as much for the Gen Zers. And that's something how we can always learn from the next generation yeah. that the Gen Xers are fighting this where, where, you know, what's spiritual and what's right and where's the right thing. And meanwhile, the Gen Zers are like, I'm good. I'm good at $200 an hour. Aren't you, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and learning in the same way that the millennials taught us that we needed a work-life balance and we didn't need to be there all the time. We could find a way to create. So learning always from the next generation to me that's really important, especially as I get into reaching into my mid fifties and my later fifties to recognize, to keep learning is the only way to keep growing. Oh, absolutely. And the day we start learning is the day with that. Yeah. Period. I mean, I, I always tell whoever listens to me, my princesses, my friends, my clients, whatever. The day you find the teacher that tells you, I've learned everything and now I'm going to teach you, run. Right. Run. Because that is not a teacher that knows, knows the reality. The reality yeah. is there is more information, there is more wisdom, there is more mystery out there than we can pack in one lifetime. We yeah. are very, very blessed and very, very fortunate when we can grasp the knowledge of I know very little and there's yeah. infinite, there's infinite space in me to continue learning. Right. And the same way I pay a writer for a book, the same way I pay a teacher on high school to teach me about grammar or a, a master artisan that teaches me to weave a basket is the same way I'm going to teach, I'm going to pay a teacher of the occult, of the mysteries of tarot, or, or tarot, or whatever you pronounce it. <laughs> um, we deserve abundance. And mm -hmm. what people don't realize, and I say this every time I have a, a chance, you know, because us Mexicans, we have this drill into our minds. Be mm -hmm. humble, be humble, mm -hmm. be humble. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not Christian. I'm, not <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm not a I'm not a diplomat. I'm Mexican. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm gonna do. I said the other day, I'm not a diplomat. I'm a cancer. You know, like uh -huh, uh -huh. I'm gonna make waves about everything. And one of the waves that I made is let us stop romanticizing the work of the seers, because even in Greece, the oracle got paid in her hallucinogen. Uh, herbs so she could get you know to the state yeah. of to, and and more like in the renaissance right it was like she was fed she was given chickens she was given farmland she was given right. farm animals and people right. will tend to her farm so that all she could do was heal the people yes well now in 2024 if you tell me i bring you a live chicken so you can have eggs a, I'm vegan. B, <laughs> I live in the city of Chicago, and I'm not gonna be raising chickens. There's nothing wrong with raising chickens, but I had to pay. Like I had to pay. Do you know the price of the internet in Chicago? Oh. People like, you know, I had to pay at least my basic means of, of work, which is the internet. That has to be paid. Yeah. Let alone a roof, food, etc. So. Let's not romanticize that and get people the money that they deserve. And also vet your teachers because I would love to learn certain things, but when the class is $500, is it really a class for me? No. Is yeah. It, you know, I, I, I believe in fair wages, but I also believe in fair prices, you know? It's like, yeah. 
But I think that's, I think that's the balance. That's, that's the idea of knowing your self-worth, knowing your value, knowing that you have something to give, but also balancing that with not just what the market could bear, because there are going to be people who could pay that kind of a thing. But for me, it's what's the clientele that I want. Exactly. Who's that? Who's that person? I live in a resort town where they charge the tourists, you know, sometimes 30% more money just because they're a pain in the butt. <laughs> than the locals and, and, and because they can afford it because the places they come from charge more. So, but for me, I don't want that client. I want, I don't want the one that can pay any price. I want the, the student who's there to learn and recognizes my value and is willing to pay for it in a way, in an exchange that feels healthy, that yeah. we're, I'm not taxing the whole or the people or building off of, you know, the backs of blah, blah, blah. And I spend my money wisely. I might buy us, you know, we got solar panels now. We're finding a way so that the things you do and what you invest in is how we become more sustainable and keep this energy going. Cause that's the whole point. Money is only energy. Yeah. It's only an exchange of energy. And we have vilified money. And we have romanticized the starving artist, the starving healer, yeah. and all of these things need to get back into balance in the same way that we're bringing the divine feminine back into balance as part of the divine versus it just being a patriarchy and all the fallout that we get from that. I love this part in the book. So in the book, Jamie shares with us her journey with Annie, her mentor of three short but fat years <laughs> and there is one part that hit me like a ton of bricks because i love it um when you talk about this um experience talking at the bookstore oh and this wonderful woman appear and i mean you gotta read the book people <laughs> it's a great it's a great story then when you came back with connie you were you you were talking to Connie about being afraid of being out. This is like basically 2000 going into a Barnes and Noble, a very mainstream place saying you're a witch where now people might be like, oh, that's interesting or cool. Or maybe they're still scared, but they know they have to be nice to you because we can't ostracize people anymore. And so they but then people could throw tomatoes at you. Practically, there was no protection. I was scared. And then you ask Connie uh, if she sent that protection and she told you, I'm always sending protection, blah, blah. But the phrase that when she asks you, I'm going to teach you this protection spell, but what what is your sacrifice? What are you going to surrender? Mm -hmm. And what you heard on your on your mind was... Drop the victim mentality. I freaking love it. <laughs> love it. That 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 line was like, whoa, yes. Um, how much are we? There is such thing as being a victim of circumstances, right? Of course. There are evil, horrible people out there who can only understand power when they are exercising that power over others and victimizing people. So yes. we're not denying that they are people that are Thank certain, you. at certain times they become victims of horrible, horrible crimes and acts that only humans do to other humans. Right. And dolphins do to dolphins, but you catch me. Uh, uh, but that's not what you were talking about. Because it's not dropping my, I have been a victim of a crime. That's not what you were talking about. Right. You were talking about the victim mentality. Correct. Tell us about that. I, I thank you so much for bringing this up. I was just actually talking about this with my niece yesterday, who is a um, very, on the beginning stages of recovering addict. And she was telling me some of the things that happened to her as a teenager that very much created a victim in her and then a mentality that drove her to want to escape. And so we were talking about some, you know, some really abusive things that happened to her. And I said, you know, I recommend 
going back to that part of you in a soul retrieval. Because when we experience trauma, we exit from our body, whether that is abandonment, death, physical abuse, sexual abuse, whatever it is, we often leave our ourself. And so going back, sitting with that person, I told her, look at those pictures of yourself when you were messed up as the scars for the, the scars that you were showing others of the abuse that you had received. You don't need to look at yourself and say, look how I messed up. This is just the reaction of it. But for you to continue to carry the victim's stories is you abusing yourself over and over again. And but for you to see yourself as this was different and unique is to create a victim mentality. Because when there is an us versus them, us versus the others, versus us being one part of a huge, huge world where we take turns being victim and victor and, and we're learning the different sides of that and how to play with our power in a way that respects the whole. And so when you're on the opposite end of that, that's somebody else's problem vomiting on you and you don't have to take it on the responsibility of healing that healing them, healing the situation. Your responsibility is to say, yes, that happened to me. I'm going to hold myself because nobody else did then. I'm going to hold myself and I'm going to bring myself back to my present state. Enter in the parts of you that had to leave because of the trauma. Hold yourself. Say, I am not a victim. When my mom went through breast cancer, she said breast cancer is passing through me. She doesn't call herself a breast cancer survivor. It's all part of one's individual choices. Just in the same way, anger and sadness and the victim things that happen to us can pass through us as we learn how whole we really are. And for me, that's that's what that meant. And to not identify all the time with someone who had a really tough ass Mexican mother. A lot of us did. <laughs> and so I'm not so special because the more special we are, the opposite of that is being the victim. So if we're just, and that is the beauty of knowing humility, knowing that we are of the earth, the hummus. Yeah. And and then there is the taking that out of balance and, and forgetting that that soil is our soul and our divinity as well. So that that's where I think we lose it. But to me, the victim is just saying that happened to me and I will sit with me and I will hold me through the times that I wasn't being held. And I'm not going to identify through an experience. Exactly. And whether that experience is years, even if it's your entire childhood. <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the idea is like, okay, yeah, horrible things happen. That doesn't mean people have to go through Hollywood things to create character or personality. Because that the, this, that's the other end that also gets romanticized. Yes. Look at yes. Game of Thrones, you know. I don't know if you're familiar with Game of Thrones, but... I only watched a little bit of it. It was too violent. And I went, boop, can't it do it. It is violent. But for people who have watched the whole thing, the arc of the art or the arch, not the arc, arc. of, mm -hmm. of uh, Sansa, you know, she becomes a queen, but right. horrible, unspeakable things happen to her. And that is a way of romanticizing violence as a character builder. So we're not talking about that either. We're talking about right. like you recognize your trauma you embrace yourself, you heal, and then you move on. You know, like your yes. mom said, cancer passed through me. That's right. it. You know, I was there, cancer passed through, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, and and also with different trauma from different people, it's like taxes, right? Like if I have <laughs> a $500 mansion, I have to pay X amount of ta taxes. Uh -huh. I rent a little $1,500 hut. In Chicago, then I paid this very tiny little amount of taxes. Like, uh -huh. you know, yes, like as if as if there's a a payment due for your good fortune. Exactly. You know, and 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 that isn't the case. And you're right. There are times when you know the artist will be like, "Well, it was okay that I had that horrible breakup. It gives me something to write a song about." Like, it 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 doesn't have to be that way. You, that's another new agey. I think Uber. Yeah. Yeah. Christian thing to think that One the suffering the most is your salvation. Things I, I've heard, and I say despicable because it's 
disgusting is vomitive when people tell people who were assaulted um it's because your spirit is growing or it's needed for your spiritual growth f you you can't <laughs> that people who were raped like stop that new age bs i yeah. swear so much today i'm sorry these <laughs> things i mean come on you know so it's it's not going to the extremes you know it's like everything yeah go to the extremes because then it's also or, or the absolutism you know what i mean because yeah. because sometimes difficult things do help us grow but it's not the only way we yeah. can also grow through our joy and exactly. i feel like that's a little harder to do because we have that tendency that when we're feeling so much joy, there's people around us who maybe don't know how to experience happiness or joy. And they make us feel bad because we've made them feel small, yeah. quote unquote, made them feel, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I, so I do feel like there are times when we can grow from it, but it's, it's not necessary no. to, to, to hurt your soul for it to have growth. Yeah. And it's not something that you, quote unquote, asked for. No, I wouldn't. You know? Don't seek it out. Yes, because, because the universe will give it to you one way or another. No, <laughs> but I, I'm talking about this, like, irresponsible so-called healers that tell people, like, oh, well, you choose this because unconsciously you choose this horrible thing to happen. Like, no, shut up. Shut right. up. That is not truth. And, and I'm sure that when uh, Connie was asking you to surrender because she didn't even tell you what to surrender that came from you right but when she was asking like okay you're going to have protection but what are you offering you know yeah. it's not the same as these things need to happen to you for you to be grown or protected right you know? but it's like it has to be balanced and and what she what i was offering was saying that idea of like oh i can't do it oh i can't i'm 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 scared i'm nervous i'm this or that because of xyz pdq because these things happened to me now i'm like this and now i'm going to stay like this so that's what i was giving up because yeah. you know to step up to a podium and feel like you are doing it because you have something to share genuinely sharing versus doing it because you know, you're going to explain to them, you know, that you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps and all the things it's like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dwell on where I'm come, where I've come from. I might do it to touch base with some people so they can feel that they can do the same thing. Cause one of my books that I wrote totally random is a Latino writers and journalists book. And that was primarily finding out where did they, where did, where was the, the compost that they grew from? Because a biography is set for that, for that reason of like inspiring you. And sometimes it does come from the compost. And sometimes some of the people just had a really good support system their whole life. And yeah. that is well-deserved as well. Yeah. Because wouldn't we always want that? Why would we push that away? Like you said, and I said it a million times, having privilege doesn't make you a bad person. Mm-hmm. Doing nothing with that privilege is what could make a difference, right? Right, right. And and it's not necessarily about, um, like you say, you know, poor me, I overcome, overcame this and that, the other. It's like, hey, look, I did this. I did it with fear, mm -hmm. right? Like you did that book. Yeah. You did it with fear, but you did it. Yeah. And I don't need, and I don't need to, I don't, I have, that's when you have a choice. Am I going to stay with the fear feeling that I had, or am I going to be with the triumphant feeling that I had that I, that I did it with as much courage and decorum and strength that I could, you have a choice, what you want to focus on. And to me, Jamie, I don't know. I, I think you and I see eye to eye on so many things. Yeah. I think the witchcraft, if it's not empowering you, then why? Then why? Yeah. When I yeah. told my mother, because we grew up, like I was saying at the beginning of the show, right? Catholic by tradition more than anything. Right. And it was probably 15 years ago when I finally came out to my mom and I said, you know what? I I will never call myself a Catholic anymore because I just don't feel it. And of course she got mad. You know, mind you, she never took us to church. 
I, <laughs> I went to church on my own and I went and did my first communion on my own. Oh my gosh. 12 years old because I was very preoccupied about divinity. My yeah. wife, I guess. But then after she got mad, I don't know why, um, a couple of days later, she called me and she says, but what you practice now makes you a better person. And I'm like, exactly. And that gave yeah. her a lot of peace. You know, that gave her like, yeah. okay, understand. She didn't need to understand what I was practicing. She only needed to understand that it was making me better. Right. Kinder, and more I, attentive, more present. All and the things. I think, like I say, you know, if, if witchcraft, if your practice doesn't make you a better person, then, then why? And I think that all the teachings that you receive from Connie are geared towards that. You know, like, how are yes. you going to better yourself? And how are you going to reclaim that power? Exactly. And where can you see that personal growth and just how you show up for other people? And seeing those principles of magic, whether it's the elemental magic or the divine of the God and the goddess, you know, how, how can you live that? How can, how can these, these lessons of nature and within magic itself and within witchcraft, our idea of reciprocity, our idea of, you know, of trusting the unformed to teach us something, you know, and, and just being present to, to the beauty and the mystery of life unfolding and match our life with it. Yeah. You need someone to talk to about that. And, and, and also someone who will call you out when you're being doing nothing with your privilege, or if you're being, you know, snotty and, and waiting for someone else to do the work for you or whatever it is, a good mentor is going to call you out mm-hmm. in a way that, we, that might hurt in the beginning, but it never harms you. That's the difference is knowing the difference between hurt and harm. Cause it can be hurt to hear you're being selfish and maybe you are, maybe you're withholding, but it could harm you to say that you're a selfish person. Yeah. It's the acts versus the person like versus your essence. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds like a wonderful journey. Uh, not a lie. I just read the book. So of course I know <laughs> a journey. Uh, there are exercises here. There are spells, obviously. Um, there's a lot of wisdom. There's a wonderful story weaved in and out about this wonderful experience that you have and of course the book is available wherever you get your books as always we say um and i hope you agree with me jamie uh your local bookstores right yes please (laughs) shops yes if if the shop don't have the book they can can they contact the they can always order it they can always order it at any place and yes there's even there's even an online um independent bookseller called bookshop where you could choose your favorite bookstore if you can't get out for example and you want it shipped to you but it benefits all independent bookstores they've they've raised millions of dollars for independent bookstores yeah. so that's another option but i personally i love the the brick and mortar because i always want to feel a book i always, i love the smell you know so and then i was amazed to see the people that have praised this book you have one picking a wall yes what but yes you have one damien ankles i know wasn't that great that was so cool he um he has he's the same he's the same publisher and so they were able to reach on on his behalf but what he said i found so exciting because it is people tend to want the download you know what i mean as if they could plug themselves in and have magic downloaded but that's not how magic works it works with the charm. It works with enticing you and bringing you into its realm until, until, and it's a building. And I feel that, that his comment really um, captured the essence of the book and that, that pleased me so much. <laughs> and then uh, I was telling you before we started the recording, also the illustrations by Katerina. Katerina Samwin. She's a, um, oh my gosh, she's a Middle East, um, middle no eastern european uh artist and i fell in love with her work and i just i wanted to support her support that part of the world really you know by giving her some attention and 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 it was fun because you know english is her second language so we had to work through 
Yes. You yeah. have to work through and get and to to get the essence of each chapter, each lesson inherent in each chapter. They're beautiful. The illustrations are beautiful. The book reads very easily. And I like to say that because, you know, I have a hard time sometimes sitting through a book. Um, yeah, and I, you know, lately I said last year, if you were hear me saying I don't read a lot anymore, <laughs> throw the photo at me because there's a part <laughs> 20 some books that I read for the podcast. Uh, but this one reads very easily because it's the part of a story, part of a novel, part of a yeah. kind of like an adventure. And also you get the sprinkled uh, wisdom, as, as which is due, of course. Yes. And then the little spells, the little exercises. Um, and as always, remember um, to praise your authors. That helps them a lot. You know, either you buy. Oh, books. yeah. Reviews are amazing. And this book is also available in audiobook that I narrated, narrated myself. Wow. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's also I went down to Long Beach. I went out, went to Connie's house. I pulled grass out of her front yard and sprinkled it all over the altar where I. um Look, could look at while I read this book in a, in a cool studio um, called like Dream Long Beach, Dream LB Studio um, on Martin Luther King Boulevard. Like all of it was just working in the magic for me. It was awesome. That's beautiful. So leave a book review for Jamie and don't do like Laura that thought I was supposed to write an essay about the book. No, you can, all you can do is like, I love this book. I heard it. Exactly. In- I heard it on a podcast nah. yeah, called, called Lunatic Mondays. <laughs> By Lord uh, no, you know, just, you can't just say I love the book because this and that and, and that's all is needed. So speaking about books and the wonderful people that come to Lunatic Mondays, I want to remind you that uh, for March, we are going to have, among other authors, I'm not sure yet who is going to come. On the first show of March, please forgive me. <laughs> but on the second show of March, I know we're going to have Fiona Cook, who wrote a book called The Wheel of the Year. And it's an educational book for kids and young, very, very young children until, you know, tween, teenage type of thing. And what I have learned. Because lately, Jamie, I've been uh, interviewing a lot of authors that write for children, tweens and teens, is that if you have somebody on your life that is very new to something and they want to learn something on a very basic level, but that is explained very um, detailed and succinctly at the same time, children's mm-hmm. books are the best. Mm-hmm. And and also this book by Fiona, the illustrations are startling as well so Uh you know that's one of the interviews we're going to have next month but i also want to remind you that csmp the circle sanctuary network podcast has over a thousand one thousand over a thousand podcasts for you to listen download share keep on your electronic library um every first and third tuesday we have circle talk with deborah rose Every third Wednesday, we have Circle of Nature with Selena Fox. Every second and fourth Friday, we have Sons of the Pagan Tribe with Karen Green. Every third Friday, we have Blue Marble with Charlotte Bear. And every Saturday, we have Paganos del Mundo or Pagaos del Mundo with Christine Ortiz, Monica Govin, Carolina Amor, Laura Gonzalez, Hardware Tuileva, and Patricia Finkler. And obviously, every second and fourth Monday, we have Lunatic Mondays where yours truly, Laura Gonzalez. So thank you, Jamie, for being on the show today. It's been a delight. And then thank you to have you as always. Let's not wait another four years, please. No, let's not do it. Maybe, maybe um, there are Dia de los Muertos. We can talk about, we can talk about bringing together the the Mexican and the pagan and the... mm. Oh, we don't have to wait till then. We can talk before then. <laughs> uh, uh, the book is called A Box of Magic by Jamie Della, a guided journey to crafting magical life through witchcraft, ritual, herbalism, and spellcraft. And of course, thank you, Connie. Mm, thank, thank you, Connie. Connie.
Yeah. Uh, and thank you, Jamie, for being on the show. I'll leave you the microphone so you can say goodnight to your audience. Good night, everyone. I appreciate you listening, and I hope you had fun and learned something. And take a big hug for me. Mm. Love your magic. Love yourself. And be good. There you have it. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. And never forget that you are loved. Goodbye. Lunatic Mondays is a production of Laura Gonzalez for CSN Podcasts, building bridges of community around the world. Thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow nature-centered paths. Join us throughout the week for various programming connecting with the community around the world. Please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash CSN podcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. Until next time, many blessings.